Amen. Good morning. God bless you. Amen. Greetings from Pastor Marlene. Amen. She's she's unable to be here, but she sends her love and the house also. Amen. I, I miss them daily. Amen. But they're here as well. Amen. Um, there's a number of things that, that the Lord has impressed on my spirit um, when, when Pastor Tony... I, please, let's just acknowledge the father of the house. Amen. Come on. Happy Father's Day. Amen. Amen. I didn't expect him to be here. He said, he, he said I may not get it. I may not get here. I may not get here because he come, came back very early. Um, but it, it's a pleasure um, to be in the house. And thank you for the invitation. Um, but there's a number of things that was on my spirit when, when Pastor Tony asked me to, to come up. And over the last couple of days, um, more intensely um, than over the last couple of weeks, uh, something was beginning to rise in my spirit about the house. Um, and um, th th there's something that happened in worship this morning. And I saw, uh, or I was reminded of something that happened to me. And I believe that this is for somebody in the house. And I, there was a period of time where I went for a very, very dark time in my Christian walk. And um, I had a heart attack. I had a stroke. Um, I was very sick. And I began to, to become taunted almost like by the enemy. Things were afflicting my family, everything. And then one day, um, I managed to pluck up the courage. Because how, how many of you know sometimes when those things are happening, uh, sometimes the furthest place you want to be is, the, is, is church. Because you wallow in the it. Amen. And I was in church and I was sort of sitting here and, and, a, and a service was going on. And, um, the, you know, you could, I could hear the taunts of the enemy. I could hear, you know, your family are going to split up. You're, you're sick that you've been there. You've had a heart attack. You've had a stroke. There's no hope. And all of these things. And it was almost like as I was worshiping, I could see these things being written on a wall. And I thought, that devil is a liar. Oh, my God. How brazen is he? And then I had a vision. A hand with a hole pierced in it slammed it, his hand against the wall, blood dripping from it, and wiped out every word that was said. And then I heard this word. There is a blood that speaks louder than every attack that the enemy will bring on your family. Amen. I've had no heart problems since then. I'm not on any stroke medication. I'm not any blood pressure medication. My family's restored. Every, my, my family are well. Okay, my wife is going through something at the moment. Amen. But there we, we have to cling to this eternal hope that is the blood of Jesus that speaks louder than any sickness, any disease, anything, whatever, whatever tries to afflict us. When we hold on to the word of God and we understand that that word is sure, we have the power to prevail. Amen. So whatever, whatever you're going through, whatever challenges are, are facing, you know that even when you find that you don't have the strength to speak, that there is a blood that speaks on your behalf. Amen. Amen. Turn to Hebrews chapter 12. Amen. I know you're all good, godly Christians, so you know the word. But turn to Hebrews chapter, 20, chapter 12, verse 24 is there. Hallelujah. And then we'll get into Hebrews, book of Hebrews, chapter 12, and verse 24. 
And it says to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. That blood speaks on our behalf. Amen. When we, when we go into warfare, I know this is not something that, that, that many people realize, but your Christian life, your life is, is a warfare. It's a war zone. But the, but the beautiful thing is that you have victory. And you've won before you even enter into it. Amen. But there is a, when you go into war against sickness, against anything, you know you go with the victory before you even start. And so when you hold on to the word of God, and you begin to use that word to fire against everything, you know that you're going to come out victorious. Amen. Amen. I really felt strongly in the spirit that, there, that, that someone needed to hear that there is a word, there is the blood that speaks louder than any sickness, any disease. Amen. So as I was beginning to prepare this, there was, a, there was an image that began to keep rising in my spirit. And, and uh, it, was of a, it was of a well. It was of a well that this church is a well. And, and the, the, but the difference between what I saw and my knowledge of wells is that normally wells you have to draw from. But this well that I saw was erupting out of the ground. It was pushed, the water was being pushed up and out. And as it was being pushed up and out, people were coming and drinking, being refreshed, being restored. And this water just kept gushing and gushing and gushing out from under the ground in this place. And, 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 I, and I heard, and, I, and as I began to pray, and I was like, Lord, what, what, what is this? What is, what is this about this, this thing? He said, the house is a wellspring of life. But this well, normally we have to go and draw water, but the water level is going to rise so much that the well is going to begin to burst from within. And as the water begins to burst from within, you'll begin to feed out. The well will become a river. The river will become a sea. Amen. So let's go to John chapter 4. John chapter 4. I'm going to use uh, some terminologies and stuff that you, you probably are aware of as we come from the same father, <laughs> Papa Jonathan David. Amen. The key to a fruitful, uh, effective apostolic house is a people that know God. The access of an apostolic house is a people that understand synergy. They understand how to work together. They understand corporate anointing. They understand their strength plus my strength plus your strength cause something to synergize in the heavens. Amen. This, 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 these, these are some of the key, key things that the Lord has pressed, impressed on my spirit before we... The effectiveness of an apostolic house is its intimacy with God. Amen. There is a day that has come upon us where we're in church unusual. 
you've heard that term before. There are many churches, but there are not many wells. There are many buildings, but there are not many rivers. There are many speakers, but there is not many life. Amen? Amen? You can go, I, I, I know, I, I, I had the privilege of working in a, com a conference center, a Christian-owned conference center, which has the opportunity to house every denomination comes and uses it for their conferences, their conventions, their, their, their services, their meetings, everything, worship conferences, everything. And over the last three, four years, I've been in a position to view the body of Christ from a different perspective. And people are hungry. People are desperate to see and know God. So there is not a problem with attendance. There's not a problem with faithfulness. There's not a problem with tithing. There's not a problem with, but there's a problem with life. Because you see people year after year come back and they're still the same. And you see people come back year after year and there's no change. Amen? And so what the body of Christ doesn't need is more services or more programs. It needs people that know how to touch God. So that God can touch them. Amen. We have something in our church that the Lord has been placing on us for, for about a year and a half. Find your place in his presence, that his presence will find itself in your place. What does it mean? Intimacy with God. If I don't know how to touch God, how can I touch you? If I don't know how to seek God for myself, how can I even say to you, God is good? Amen. Amen. God is going to return back to the body of Christ, the power of the testimony. Amen? We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. But when you don't seek God, when you don't know God for yourself, how can you say to anybody, God is good? That's why my spirit was jumping when Pastor Tony was saying certain things this morning. Because God has to be seen in our house. Now. Not tomorrow. Now. God has to be seen in our services. When people come in for baby dedications and the church is full. And oh, that's the only time you're going to see them. They need to see God now. Amen. God has been blowing our minds where he's been turning up like crazy in certain environments, certain moments in services, letting people know that he is real and he is alive and he is here. He just wants vessels. So as the water level flows and as the river flows in our houses, he begins to speak through prophecy. He begins to speak through word of knowledge. He begins to speak through miracles, signs and wonders and let us know that he is here. He's not dead. Whoever said he's dead? Amen. I remember one, in, one experience where my brother who had backslidden and who had who'd gone for a terrible time with uh, alcohol abuse and he was, oh, it, was, it was a terrible time. And I was a young Christian and I began to pray for him one day, thinking, you know, youthful zeal. Come on, Brian, you, 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 this, you're better than this. This is more to life than this. And I began to pray for him and he, he beat the living daylights out of me. You and your Christian faith. He began to speak in tongues while he was beating me up. Yeah. He tore my arm. The ligaments in my arm, bruised face. And I'd gone to church the next day. And there was prayer meeting going on. I had a jacket on. And as I went into church, and a, 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 a brother came and said, the Lord said, give me your arm. I said, well, there's only one arm I'm going to give you because I know what has happened to me. They didn't know. I gave him my, my, my arm. And I heard, <laughs> immediately the ligament was healed. 
So I know God is a healer. Hmm? I know God is a deliverer. I came from a cult, 11 years, mixed up in a cult. Delivered through prayer and intercession of my parents. I know God is a deliverer. Amen. I know God is a deliverer. When nobody knew where I'd gone, there were intercessors that picked up in the spirit places where I had been in Spain, monasteries, places, all where I had been with this cult. They wouldn't have known unless God had told them. I know God is real. Amen. I know God is real. There, one, one beautiful example of God turning up was a couple in our church. And we did, I didn't know whether they, was, they wanted to seek God for a baby or not. We didn't know. They just used to come and go, and in fact, not very regularly, the husband. And one day during the service, the Lord spoke to me and called them out. As I called them out and I began to hear the Lord say, this was in December, in May, you're going to be heavily pregnant. What I think to say to someone, if you don't know that, they're, they can't even have children. You're going to be heavily present. You're going to be waddling. And this baby is going to bring transformation in your life. The next Sunday, the husband came to me at the church and said, Pastor, can I say something to the church? I said, yeah, of course. He, stood there, he says, um, my wife's pregnant. And with the church, just like you, went silent for a bit, tried to comprehend. Hold on a second. And then he said, no, you don't understand. We weren't planning. We didn't even know. We didn't find out until yesterday. Now, six months on, she's heavily pregnant. But what happened? The word of faith that was released in the house let her know that before you knew you were pregnant, God knew. We've got to allow, bring God back into the house to make him real. Amen? And this is what I sense in the spirit that God is saying to the dream center. Is the well is going to push itself up so strongly that you will not be able to contain it. And that well will become a river, and that river will become a sea. Amen? Let's go. John chapter 4. Very familiar scripture. But I'm not going to pull from maybe areas that you may, you may think. I'm going to focus on a couple of things. Um, John chapter 4, and let's go from verse 7. A woman, of Samaria, a woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, oh, sorry, pardon me. Let's, let's just go back from the chapter, one, chapter 1 and verse 4. Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself did not baptize, um, but his disciples did, he left Judea and departed again to Galilee. But he needed to go through Samaria. Amen. So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews, for Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Amen. The woman said to him, Sir, 
you have nothing to draw with. Amen. How many times do we talk ourselves out of God encounters? Uh, the woman said to him, Sir, how, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get the living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Amen. The image I saw was of a well that was bursting out of the ground, out of the lives of people, out of the hearts of people. And as I saw this well bursting up, I, I, was, I said, Lord, you know, this is, this, is, this is a house that is, this is an established house, you know. This is a house that has, has been laboring for many years. The, the water level of, of this house is, is, is already high. I've, I've entered into it. Last year, I came for the first time for the Agents of Change. I felt in my spirit like I was, not drowning, but floating there was water, the water level in the spirit was so high. So how are you telling me, Lord, that there is a well that is springing up in the house that I already sensed as well? He said, this well is going to be pushed up from out of the ground, from out of the people themselves. Amen? This is not a, uh, a well that you're having to draw from. This is a well that because of your relationship with Jesus, because of your connection to heaven, the well will rise so high that you, you, there's, a, there's, a, there's a place in the presence of God where you cease from your labor. The more, the more that we've entered into a, a, a place in the spirit in our church is the less we seem to do. Do you understand? The less effort, the less human involvement the less interference, how are we going to do this today? No, all you're required to do is to be that vessel that is there. Speak, open your mouth and speak. Open your mouth and play. Whatever you do, be there, be diligent and facilitate the move of God. When the river, the beautiful thing about the current of a, a springing well or a river is that you haven't got any control over it. You can't control the move of God. You can only facilitate the move of God. Amen. When God moves to the point where you can't control it anymore, it's breaking out of these doors and into these streets and hitting the communities. Amen. Watch what Jesus says. So verse, verse 13, Jesus answered and said, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water. There's a place where you touch in the spirit. Where people will come to you to see where is it that you get that passion from? Where is it that you get that life from? Where is it that you get that hope from? Where is it that you get? What, how, how do you sustain yourself? Amen. 
Amen. My wife, on the eighth day of after she delivered our baby son, was diagnosed with breast cancer. Amen. It's after she was diagnosed with breast cancer. Oh, whoa! This wasn't on the plan. Amen. For a year, we pushed in the spirit. No treatment. I, uh, please, I'm not advising this. This comes with a disclaimer. Amen. Don't do this at home. Amen. We pushed in the spirit as a church, as a people. We pushed. The Lord gave her divine dreams about foods to eat, different things. She'd never read up about anything to do with breast cancer before. She began to take these things and her immune system became built stronger and stronger and stronger. They did an assessment of, um, back then of the tumor in her breast. They wanted to give her a full mastectomy. Amen. They wanted to give her chemotherapy immediately. This was 15 months ago. Amen. For a year and a 12, for 12, 13 months, we pushed and pushed and pushed. And then we went back to the doctors, and the hospital said, we, we need to do another scan. We want to check it. You know, you haven't been naughty. Amen. We checked. They said, the, the tumor's reduced in size. We don't, we don't understand, but, you know, we're, we, we're thankful that it hasn't. Let's, instead of doing a mastectomy, we're going to do a lumpectomy which is just a lump to remove the tumor. They removed it, and they removed the lymph glands as well. Amen. I said, we would prefer that you have chemotherapy. No problem. We, we agreed, and we, 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 she's going through chemotherapy. That's why she, she's not here at the moment. Why am I saying that? The only way she was able to sustain herself is a life in the spirit, is being able to tap into a place beyond natural feasibility of your mind and tap into the realms of the Spirit and know that God's got this. I mean, it's amazing. We had so many testimonies from people and confirmations and prayers that God has got this, and they just helped to encourage. But she had to know for herself. Amen? And for, 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 for the last 15 months, Howard is here as a witness. She preaches, well, not every week, she worships, she leads worship every week. People come in, they would never know she's walking through what she's walking through. Never. Why? There's something in her spirit that she's tapped into a wellspring of life that has released a hope that is eternal and everlasting. Man, you, 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 you can't do it unless you tap into the realm of the spirit. Amen. You can't, if, 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 if we just come to church every week and bless God and we come and we pay our tithes and we meet and we have fellowship, those things are wonderful. But when the enemy comes in like a flood, my Bible said the spirit of the Lord raises a standard against him. What is the standard that he raises? The indwelling spirit of the Lord that is in you. You can't fight if you don't know how. You can't fight if you don't have strength. And the, the power that we have as believers is our relationship in Christ with the Spirit of God. That we can begin to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with the enemy. Death, you are not coming here. Amen. I felt it so strongly when pastor was praying. And there's something about, please, I'm not saying that your prayers haven't gone in vain, but there's something about when the Father of the house releases protection over the saints. I felt a sovereign authority in here when Pastor Tony began to pray. Protection 
over this church. Please, this, this is why in some cases, I, I wasn't here because there's, but please don't get familiar, too familiar with the Father because of the authority that the Father has sometimes cannot be realized when we're too familiar. Amen. 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 Because the Father carries an authority. An authority to release. When the woman, when, when the woman of Samaria met Jesus, she met a predestined encounter with God through Christ at that well. What were the three ingredients? The woman, Jesus, and the well. The well was already there before they came. Amen. The legacy of the Dream Center was here a long time. Before you became a church. Now that you became a church and you're congregating in a central place to commune with God. The ingredients for God encounter is right here. But you need certain ingredients. You need a shepherd that can hear from heaven. That can release the divine word of God over your life and into you. And you need hearts that are willing to be transformed through God encounters. Our, our role as shepherds is just to bring you to the well. Bring you to the well and drink. That water should change your whole life in one moment. Amen. So, so, the, so the power that we receive through faith, through relationships, through intimacy, it draws us into a place where that well becomes a river in us. Marlene would not be here today if she didn't have a fighting spirit. We walked into the hospital one day for chemotherapy. <laughs> and there was a lady. She had a book as big as this on cancer. Then she had another book, How to Be Sick. I said to baby, stay away from her, please. Because she's walking with a spirit of sickness now. I, I understand we've got to study and research. But wisdom, please, don't bring something like that to a place where there are 40 people having chemotherapy. And some are struggling with walking through this. And the difference was her countenance and her demeanor. Oh, what stage are you at? Oh, I was like you. All zealous. It doesn't last very long. This is what she said to Marlene. I said, the devil is a liar. I'm going to get this woman out of here. I should have realized when we were in the lift and my son would not speak to her at all. Have you not children? They're very discerning. She said, hello, hello. My son was like, Daddy, I'm not talking to her. She sat down. So I, I, Marlene went in and registered, and then I was in the waiting room. And then the woman came in and sat right next to Marlene. And then she started this. And then they called her at first. She went into the, to the room and sat down. And then they called Marlene, and Marlene went in. And then I had to go downstairs to get her something, a sandwich or something. I came back up. And when I'd come back up, Marlene was at the registration desk. She says, I'm going. I said, why? She says, because the MRI people yesterday took the blood in the wrong arm and they can't give me chemotherapy today. But she said, you know what? There's a woman that's sitting next to me and all she was talking was negativity. And she was just like, oh, I was like, oh, oh. And she says, my spirit was so, I wanted to get out of there. Why? You know, people can contaminate 
your flow of the Spirit if you don't protect what you have. So your wellspring of life is precious. You have to treasure it. You have to nurture what you've got here. The worshipping here took us to places in the realms of the Spirit that was so amazing. You've got to treasure it. You've got to treasure it. You know how we know that the woman at the well treasured that experience? She ran and told everybody. Amen. I know you've heard it before because you're all good, godly Christians. You've got to talk about this. You've got to tell people about what you're experiencing. You've got to tell them about what you're encountering. The dimensions of God that you're experiencing so that they can know that God is real. Amen? Let's, let's read on. She said, so Jesus, the verse 15, the woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst, nor come here to draw. Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. One of the key things that happens when water level rises is the spirit of prophecy is released. Word of knowledge. Word of wisdom. Spirit of prophecy is released. When the river rises, that gift activates. There's something about that gift and which is synonymous with, with the water level of worship, the water level of the word, the water level of the spirit rising in a place that releases that gift in a house. That you can begin to tap into the realm of the spirit and begin to prophesy and release things over people's lives that they come into a realization that God is real. Amen? There was a lady, she came once, twice now. She, Molly knows her. She, she grew up in church. Amen. Another denomination. Well, a denomination. doesn't matter which. She grew up in church all her life. She's 45. All her life, from a child. Being hurt. Amen. Being abused. And lots of things have happened in her life. And so she's very distrusting of church. But she heard from someone that there's a church in Dudley where God speaks. I don't know. I didn't know anything about this until she's testified with Molly. Someone had told her that they'd come to a service. We had a meeting earlier in the year called the Prophetic Shift Conference. And at the end of the conference, God began to speak and prophesy. And we began to speak into the lives of people. Words of knowledge like over people's lives. Why? Because the level of the Spirit was right. So she'd heard from someone. So she came. I didn't know anything about her. I, don't, I knew that she was a distant friend of mine. didn't know anything about her life. God began to speak. As he began to speak, I said, there's a there's sister, so-and-so, and began to speak about certain things in her life in relation to her finances, in relation to some uh, monetary issues. Amen. She came afterwards, right to the front, very angry. <laughs> I thought she was going to fight me. And she said, who told you my business? I said, what are you, sorry, what are you talking about? She says, who told you my business? And then she began to recount everything that was happening with her finances. She says, nobody could have told you because only my mum, my parents know, and my sister. I says, okay. She says, no, you don't understand. And she began to disclose the sensitivity of the issues. I says, well, God is letting you know that he's on the case. And he's letting you know that you need to return back to him because he's watching you, he's looking after you, and he's caring for you. Okay. 
Okay, that was two weeks, three weeks ago. Marlene saw her yesterday. She said within, by the same day she got home, she had news about one thing. Within a week, everything was cancelled in relation to the issue in the courts. Why am I saying? I'm not saying this to say, oh, this man hears from God. Not at all. The important thing is she knows that God is real. And she, as a result, has turned her heart back to the Lord. That's the key. We have to know God today. As far as I'm concerned, my Bible still says God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Not yesterday, 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 sometime way back. He spoke to the prophets of old, but he doesn't speak anymore. He speaks to us if we lay our lives aside to hear. Amen. Amen. So let's carry on. So when the water level rises in the church, the spirit of prophecy, the word of knowledge, word of wisdom, that gift is activated. And that gift acts as an arrow for you, for the church, outside these doors. Where people can come in and know that God is real. That's why the interesting thing about this scripture was that the well was already there. There's certain things that you don't actually have to, to do because it's already here. What we have to do is make our lives align to fulfill what God wants to do in the place. Remember Jacob? Jacob went to a place. It says, just a normal place, a certain place. He laid his head down upon that rock. And at that place where he laid his head down, the whole of heaven opened up. Hold on a second. What's the common factors? Jacob arriving at a place. So was that place already predestined before he got there? Yes. God ordains the place before we get there. He just waits for us to arrive with the right heart, the right attitude, and says, I've found a man, I've found a people, I've found a people that can receive my presence and my spirit. Watch what I'm going to do through him. The host of heaven opened up. The Bible says angels ascended and descended. Hold on. They were waiting for Jacob. They were there waiting for God encounter. There's some things that need to happen in the spirit that they're waiting for you. Stop waiting for Pastor Tony. God is waiting for you to find that place in his presence. That his presence will find itself in your place. Heaven opens. The ladder was on the earth. The portal and the gateway to your God encounter lies with you. And as you pursue God and seek God, you will have that same encounter like she did at the well. The well was already there. So I, I, I started, I've never heard of this before, a well that pushes up from the ground. I don't know. So as you do, you Google, yeah, wells that push up from the ground. Artisan wells, they're called. I didn't know that. A well that pushes up from the ground because the force of the strength of the upper structures push down upon sandstone and limestone where water, is, where water can Come through, porous, forces it up and out. I thought, oh, artisan well. I didn't know that. And then I was curious. Are there any artisan wells in Manchester? Yes, there are. I never knew that. Right in the middle of Manchester. 
underneath the Piccadilly, there's an artisan well, where apparently the old town hall, the lift structure used to be fed by. I didn't know that. I said, Lord, you're speaking to Manchester. It's time for the well to erupt. It's time for the power of the Spirit to come up and out. And then the Lord led me into Ezekiel 47. This is a scripture which is dear to my heart because a couple of years ago when we first started this church, the Lord had us pray in that building for about 10 months, Marlene and I and the children. And the Lord began to speak to me about a river that flows from the throne room into the church. Out of the altar, out from under the altar, into the streets, the Lord said. Wherever this river goes, whatever it touches will become alive. This river and the current of this river is so strong that what it will do will transform lives immediately. Why? Because the rivers flow. We don't, we don't make that happen. God makes that happen. Amen. So let's, I'm going to pause in this scripture for a moment. Let's go to Ezekiel 47. I, I, I write notes, but very, <laughs> I write notes and then we don't use them. Ezekiel 47. Do you believe this, this is God's church? Amen. If anybody said no, come on. Pastor Tony can pray for you. Amen. This is God's house, God's church. And you know that because it's God's church, he measures his church. Do you know that God measures his church? Any place where God is moving, God measures it, assesses it. Amen. And so when we started this work in Dudley, and the Lord began to bring me to through this scripture. He began to say, Michael, what I, what I do is I measure, I measure my church because I need to assess where you're at. And I need to assess how much more I can give you. Because if you can't handle what I'm going to give you, then how can I give you more? So I'm going to assess. So that's when he gave me understanding about the first part of this scripture in Ezekiel, which we'll read now. How the Lord will measure us. And play, don't, don't, don't. Uh, negatively in any way. The measuring is an assessment of capacity. Amen. How much more can I give them? Why? Because God wished that none would perish. So he wants to pour out all his spirit on all flesh. Amen. So Ezekiel 47. It says, Then he brought me back to the door of the house. And behold, water was flowing. Amen. So the water was moving. It wasn't a stagnant well. It was water that was moving. Water that was flowing. The, the the success and the effectiveness of a church is the, is the flow of the Spirit in the house. Amen? Flow of the Spirit in worship. Flow of the Spirit in the Word. Flow of the Spirit in the teams. When those things are coupled together and the Spirit is moved, effectiveness will happen. I remember my pastor at the church where I got baptized in Jamaica, you know, 15, 12, 13, 14 years ago now. Uh, he, put, he preached a message in Jamaica while I was there. I'll never forget it to this day. The, the, the effectiveness of a Spirit-led church. The flow of the Spirit. 
how it affects the teams, the ministries, how they work together. Amen? So the water was flowing. Then he brought me back to the door of the house, and behold, the water was flowing from under the threshold of the house toward the east, for the, for the, for the house faced east. And the water was flowing down from under the right side of the house, from the south side of the altar. Amen? He brought me out by the way of the north gate and led me around or on the outside of the outer gate by way of the gate that faces east. And behold, water was trickling. Amen? So the water went from flowing to trickling. Amen? At what point did it start trickling? When it came through the altar. That's why we've got to have righteousness, holiness, godly living in the house so that the water can flow effectively. I know firsthand when, a lot, when, when my life wasn't right and the flow of the Spirit was not effective. Why? Because I was out of alignment. The minute alignment was corrected, righteousness was in place, the flow of the river gushed like never before. We, we cannot get away from righteous living in God's church. Amen? So the water was trickling from the south of the gate. When the man went out towards the east a, with a line in his hand, he measured a thousand cubits. And he led me through the water the water reaching the ankles. Again, he measured a thousand and led me through the water, water reaching the knees. Again, he measured a thousand and led me through the water, water reaching the loins. Again, he measured a thousand and it was a river that I could not ford, a river that I could not manage, a river that I could not handle. Why? Because the river cannot be controlled. Amen? I'm going to come out to this. For the water had risen enough water to swim in, a river that could not be forded. He said, son of man, what have you seen? So, so, so the church is measured. Christ comes and measures his church by his spirit. And as he measures us to, 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 uh, to assess the capacity of the house and the needs of the community, he increases more. As the team synergizes more, as maturity rises, as hope rises, as faith rises, he increases more capacity. Amen? As he increases more capacity, he releases more of his spirit. What for? For out there. Amen? If you have water, I've seen it in Jamaica. I saw it in Malaysia. I've seen it in many places. Water that's stagnant after a certain time stinks. It can, becomes contaminated. So the water has to continually be flowing. You never touch God for yourself. Never. You never touch God just for yourself. You touch God for others. Jesus is the pattern. He came, he died, he rose again, he ascended. He still sits at the right hand of the Father. I can't get this sometimes. Making intercession for who? For me. Amen? So that when we touch God through the power of the Spirit, through the flowing of that river, it's to touch others outside. Amen? You'll see it's all there in Ezekiel 47. So the assessment and the measuring of the church is to assess our capacity for more. Amen? Jesus always measures the flow of life from his church. There is coming again a time when the river will break out. Stronger than before, the current will be so great that immediate transformations are going to take place in this house. 
with the force of this river flowing, it will bring many things. Rivers bring nutrients to their parts. That there will be a fresh wind in the spirit, a fresh dynamism will be welling up in this atmosphere that will cause such an open heart and an open heaven. The thing about the power of a strong flowing river is that we feel humbled by it, that we cannot control it. But it dictates the flow and the course. Amen. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. This river will bring a fresh cleansing upon our hearts for more of God. More of his presence, more of his spirit, and more of him uh, to give to others. Amen. So Jesus measured the church for perfection. Then he brought me back to the bank of the river. Now when I had returned, behold, on the bank of the river, there were very many trees on either side. Amen. Trees speak of people. And on this case, remember the scripture where Jesus says, where he heals the man, and he heals him partially, and he says, what do you see? And he says, I see men like trees. How did he know that they look like trees? Because he must have been able to see before. You can't, you can't assess something unless you have something to assess it to. Amen? So I see men like trees. So, so, so in scripture, oftentimes when you see trees, it can relate to people. But in this instance, it's people in the house. Amen? They were by either side. And, on, and, and the, then he said to me, these waters go out towards the eastern region and go down into Arabia, and then they go down towards the sea. Sea in Scripture speaks of the multitudes. It speaks of the unsaved. It speaks of people that are outside of the doors of this church that will be affected by your flow of your spirit. Amen. We, the beautiful thing about... I know I'm going in a number of places, but I, I'm, I'm pushing things into the spirit. I remember my mother-in-law, my late mother-in-law, was a nurse, 35 years, and she worked in the uh, um, department that dealt with end, end of life. And she, she said, one of the beautiful things that amazes me, Michael, is how many people come to hospital at that stage and they don't know Jesus. But by the time they close their eyes, they accept him as their Lord and Savior even though it's something that she shouldn't do. Many people would ask for, where's Nurse Miller? Is she here? And some of the other nurses would say to her the next morning, that guy, John, who you were speaking to, he was speaking something in the, during the night, and then he just went to sleep peacefully. The gifts that we carry are to bring people into the kingdom of God. As you become effective, as you, not say as you become, you're already effective, but as your effectiveness increases and you allow the Spirit of the Lord to flow, you will push this river that is the dream center out. Out. Listen to what it says because there is something very strong that the Lord is going to do in this place in the next year. People will experience a freshness in the Spirit, a renewed passion for the things of the Lord backsliders will come back. People that have lost their way, I saw it so clearly in the spirit, this river is going to touch people that were either once here or once believed. But because they know that the river is flowing, they will come back. You know, there's people that I know that used to serve the Lord that they cannot rest. They wander everywhere trying to find their peace that they can't find. Why? Because the only peace that they had was in Jesus. Mm -hmm. 
I saw it. People are going to be touched by the river and they will come back. Many have walked because they could not take the diet that is here. And I heard it clearly. That many, many, have, many have walked away because they couldn't take the diet. But they will return because they realize there's no other well to drink from. That's not saying that there are not other churches. That's just saying that they've gone to other restaurants and they've tasted KFC. Mm, too cheap. They've tasted McDonald's. Mm -mm, that's just plastic. They've tasted other restaurants and they found that the only place that they could dine and it not upset the belly is the dream center. I prophesy in the name of Jesus that there are people that have left this place for whatever reason, the seeds have already been sown in them. Harvest time is about to come. Well, they will find their way back to the house of the Lord. The diet cannot be satisfied anywhere else. It's not saying that we're exclusive and we're the be-all and end-all. It's that the diet we carry, the DNA we have. I always say to people, you know, I may not have a doctorate of theology, but it doesn't bother me. But I know what DNA I carry. And I know what I'm connected to. And I know what the house has. So I don't argue with other pastors. I don't argue with other preachers. I don't argue with other churches or ministries. When everything is going on, fanfare all over the city doing what? Bless God, do what you're doing. But we, I know what we carry. Why? Because when you've gone through something and you know that the only thing that has brought you out of it is the alliance of honorable men that you're connected with, you realize and you value the safety in the multitude of wise counsel. The DNA that flows from the father down through the brothers into the house. There's things that we're walking in in our house. The miracles that are breaking out, the prophecies that are coming, that are only as a byproduct of our connection with Papa Jonathan. And Christ that has been worked through him. Amen? There are people that are going to come back. You know, when they used to sit over there, they had their spot. They, they, they had this, they, there's, a, there's people that were here, they had their spot. You know that they're missing. And you don't sit there because you know that that's so-and-so seat. They're coming back. Tell them that someone said you're coming back to church. And so who? Oh, your seat's still here. I, sorry. One of the things that the Lord has graced me with is, is the, the gift of a seer. So I see things. I dream things. I see things visually. I see, when the Lord speaks to me through the words, I see it tangibly. I see people sitting in places. And so I speak passionately like this because I see it. And the reason why I see it is because when I was in the cult and I went into the levels of the demonic that I went into, when God brought me out of it, he had to supersede everything that I had seen there. And so gift or challenge is giving me this ability to sense and see amen and so i speak like this with passion because i see the people coming back just like when i spoke to the people in that church and i could see that baby in that womb i could see it as as i can see you now amen so it, verse 9 it will come about that every living creature which swarms in every place where the river goes will live this is the hope that will rise. The hope that will rise in the people as they taste the freshness of this river and the freshness of this well. 
this eternal spring of life. Their lives will be revived again. Their families will be revived again. And this will cause people to talk again. I saw in the spirit, people would talk about this place. I don't know what the name was before it was the Dream Center, Bethel. That people used to talk about this place years ago. I'm talking 15, 20 years ago. People used to talk about this place. Bethel, this church, Bethel. People, this church, Bethel. I could, I could see the, the people are going to talk again about the Dream Center. There, there's been a transition that has been happening. And people, and this is why I can tell you, when people moved out, they couldn't adjust to the transformation that was taking place. But as the transformation has been fully formed now, and they realize now, ah, I need to come back there. Because it's the same people, it's the same faces, it's the same friends, but there's an increase in the power of God. They're going to come back. People are going to talk again about this place. Amen. And it starts with you talking about it to those who you know who need to, to hear. And then I heard this, out of, ob out of obscurity, the dream center will rise. Now, I was looking at this image, and I don't know where, if this is Manchester, I don't know if this is this image. It's just an image, the city. And I saw in this image a light that, you know, where, you know, where, you know like the, the lottery. No, 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 play it, but the lottery. It's you, and that big finger, that hand that comes down. And I saw a light rising from up out of it, but meeting a light that is above it, open heaven. You see, the beautiful thing about God is when he opens heaven over a life, people are drawn to it. Why? Because they're light. Why? Because the water's there, the river's there, the life's there, the hope is there, the joy is there, the fellowship is there, the friendship is there, the trust is there. There's, there's some churches I wouldn't go and share anything about my wife. At all. Because you can't trust. Amen? So people are gonna people are gonna come because there's so many qualities that, that the house has that cause people to feel safe. There's some places you can't go to. I was speaking with a lady yesterday I was working and there was a, a convention on and this lady was so hurt. And she came out of Europe. She came from Eastern Europe, and she came out of the Catholic Church. And she was so hurt about pedophilia that was happening in her country within the church. And it took me about an hour to speak to this woman and, and just take the focus off of the denomination. Or take people are people. Wherever you go, you do, if you want to lay blame on an organization because of the failings of, of men, you're going to lose your call, your way. Amen? But people are hurt because of things. And they associate things with denominations. And that's why we have to be clean and clear so the heaven can stay open and the river can flow. So people can feel refreshed and feel restored. Why would you want to become restored and then become contaminated again? So we have to provide a place of safety. Amen? And there will be very many fish. For these waters go there, 
and others become fresh. So everything will live wherever the river goes. And it will come about that fishermen will stand beside it. Pastor Tony, I saw people in this in the city, other pastors, coming to you for counsel from different denominations. I saw people coming to you and asking you, how are you doing what you're doing? How are you able to hold your people? How are you able to train your people? How will we be able to do some of the programs that you're doing? I see men standing that are pastors of their own congregations coming and seeking counsel. This speaks of the influence that happens when the river's flowing. You, you, when you're good at something, and this is, you know, if there's any issues, please get over it. But when you're good at something, people will come to you for advice. So why don't we think that in the church? Amen. You're a good football coach. Amen. And you train well. People are going to send their kids to you because they know that you train well. Why don't we think like that in the church? Let's bury that demon. In Jesus' name. Amen. There is a godly confidence that we can have. Because we understand that the gift is from God, not from ourselves. Amen. You're going to be a house that trains the nations. You're going to be a house that trains the region. You're going to be a house that trains and equips people from outside. Why? People want what you've got. One, I think we came for one day, didn't we, Pastor Tony, for the, for the agents of change. You know that spread like wildfire around the church? Till people that not even part of our church have heard about agents of change and have asked me to make sure, Pastor, you get the dates because we're all coming up. People have been texting me, where's the nearest hotels? Because I want to book it from now. Why? Because of what you carry here. There's about 14 people already that have put their names down to come for agents of change from Birmingham. We only came for one evening. One evening. Why? Because of what you carry. What you carry is going to go outside of where you are and affect others. Why? Because they're desperate for the life that you carry. This is the amazing thing about Jesus. And this, and I'm going to close with this. This is what blows my mind and what is going to blow your mind. Jesus is concerned about you. He, he's concerned about you. And I'm going to close with this scripture. And this was a scripture that, 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 that bubbled. In fact, I, I, was, I was lying in my bed and Pastor Marlon was there and Joshua, our 15-month-old, was in the middle. As he, uh, head, butt, kick, foot, everything. And I was trying to sleep with a foot in my face. Uh, uh, yeah, heel. And I was like, oh, Manchester. This was on Tuesday, Monday, Monday night. And what rose in my spirit was this verse. What is man that you are mindful of him? And I, my spirit rose until uh, I was like, oh, Holy Ghost. <laughs> Holy Ghost. Oh, what's this? Oh, baby's still asleep. While he's still sleeping. Oh, what is man that you are mindful of him? 
I kept, it kept repeating in my spirit. And I kept hearing the Lord said, I'm mindful of them. I'm mindful of the dream center. I'm mindful of them. What does that mean? His mind is full concerning you. His mind is attentive to you. His mind is attentive to your needs, to your cares, to your concerns. What is man that you are mindful of us and the son of man that you visit him? There, I'm, I'm, church, please hear my word. It, there is nothing that you are praying for that you cannot have. There is no prayer that will go unanswered in this house. There is no destiny that will be aborted. There is no assignment that will not be complete. Why? Because his mind is attentive to you. Man, when his mind is attentive to you, it's over. It's over. You, you, you struggle, cease from struggling. Why? What is, think about it. What is man that you are mindful of us? That you would derobe yourself from glory, take on human flesh, and try and be like us who you created. To dwell amongst us, to live with us, to speak with us, to heal us, to, to, to know our concerns, our cares, our infirmities, and still dwell amongst us. What is man that you're mindful of us? This is what he was saying to me so strongly about this house, that he's mindful of you. His concern, your destiny is set. We know what scripture, it brings me to Psalms 139. Uh, even before one of these days were written, one of these days were outworked, they were already written. The destiny has already been set. His mind, Mullen and I are a bit of movie, movie buffs. You know, we love movies. But in a good way, it reminds me of the Lord of the Rings, you know. The light. I don't mean it in the, because in the Lord of the Rings, the light's evil. A light from heaven. When, when they were, when Frodo, when they were moving, suddenly the light went, oh, I can sense them over there. Ah, Papa calls it like this. You're like a lightning conduit, a lightning rod at the top of the buildings that when thunder and lightning's going on, it draws the power. That's what God is saying. I'm mindful of the dream center. I'm mindful of you. I'm mindful of your concerns. I'm mindful of your, what you're praying for, what you're seeking to do. And I'm affirming all that you're doing to the glory of God. Let's just stand to our feet for a minute and pray. Let's just lift our hands in this place. Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. I thank you, Father, for your, your word. And I thank you for your spirit that is evident in this place. And I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you will continue to cause this well to rise up, Father, to be a wellspring of life, that it will become overflowing, and that well will become a river. And that river will flow without hindrance, Lord. And that river will flow. And wherever that river touches, Father, everywhere that, that river goes, it will live, oh God. And Father, that river will go out of these doors and into the streets, Lord. And it will touch other churches and other ministries 
ministries, Lord, and it will touch nations, Father, and that this river will flow so strong, Lord, that wherever the river goes, it will touch and those things will become alive. Lord, churches that were dead, churches that were dying, people that were dying, people that had given up hope, Father, that the river of life that is flowing from this place will flow and touch those lives and they will rise up, Lord. Just like the song we were singing, those dry bones will rise. They will stand up. They will get up. They will come running to the house of the Lord. They will find themselves in the house. Why? Because the river of life flows through the dream center. And as it flows, it will flow and become a sea. A sea of people that will be touched by the river that flows, oh God. So Father, we yield to your presence, Lord. We yield to your spirit, Lord. And we say, be it done us to according to thy word, Lord, that we will become conduits for your transformation, Lord. That we'll become conduits for transformation. That we'll become conduits for change, Lord. Let the river flow, Father. Let the river flow, Father. Lord, we, we charge ourselves with the responsibility to allow this river to flow. And we know that you're opening the floodgates of heaven, Lord. Let your rain meet our river, Lord. Let your rain meet our river, Father. That wherever it goes, it will touch. Touch those who are sick in their bodies right now. Touch those who are sick in their bodies right now, Father. Let the river of the Holy Spirit flow. Let it bring the healing balm of Gilead. Let it touch those areas of the body, Lord. Let it touch the lungs. Let it touch the lungs right now. Let it touch the lungs right now. Let it touch livers. Let it touch kidneys right now. In the name of Jesus, let the river touch, Lord. Let the river cleanse heavy minds right now. Clouded minds, Lord. Minds that are filled with pain and anguish. Let the river cleanse the mind right now. Let it cleanse the heavy hearts right now. Lord, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Let the river bring an injection of hope right now. In the name of Jesus. Let it bring an injection of hope into the house, an injection of hope into the families, even those who are not here. Lord, let the river flow to them right now. Let the river flow to their houses, Lord. Those, who, those, you, those of you who know are not here, who are sick and afflicted, call their name out. Lord, we send that river. Let the river flow to them right now. Let the river flow, Lord. And let the floodgates of heaven touch those homes right now. In Jesus' name, let it flow, Father. Oh, let it flow, let it flow, let it flow, let it flow. Let it flow, let it flow to those who are backslidden. Those who have walked away from your calling, Lord. Those who have been discouraged and despondent. Those who have been hurt by church of the past. Lord, let the healing waters cleanse those hearts. Let it bring a forgiveness right now. Let it bring forgiveness right now. Let it flow. It's never too late. I hear the Lord saying it's never too late. As old as someone may think they are and they feel they are, that they've carried an unforgiveness for such a long time, the Lord is saying it's time to let it go. Let the river flow in your life and cleanse your heart from unforgiveness right now. Father, let it flow. Let it flow. Let it flow. Let it flow. Let it flow, Father. Let it flow. Let it go. 
Let it flow, let it flow, let it flow. Lord, Father, Lord, Lord, there's, there's, there's some forefathers, some forefathers that have been, have been, they've been pillars of the old church. They've been founding pillars of the old church that are sick and afflicted. Lord, we send the river of life to them right now. Lord, we send the river of life to them right now. Lord, we send the river of life to them right now. Lord, Lord, let them feel a refreshing right now. Let them feel a refreshing right now because we're, this legacy is built on their labor. Oh, I, I see in the spirit and I don't know, I don't know, I, I just saw like some men, some men and they're older in age. They're, they're probably maybe in their 80s, seven, late 70s, 80s, but they were like the fathers of the old church. And, and some of them, some of them are, are still, but there's a bit of discouragement. But I just see in the spirit that the Lord is sending a refreshing now. That their labor hasn't been in vain. That they will connect the forefathers to the present fathers for the future fathers. Lord, Father, lift our hands in this place. Oh, Father. Oh, Father. Oh, Father. Oh, Father. Oh, Father. Oh, Father. Let your well, let the well, let this certain place become an awesome place. And the awesome place be a divine place of encounter where the river meets Jesus and meets ourselves. In Jesus' mighty name, give the Lord a rapturous applause. Amen.